0: Learn more at marines.com. Hello, fight fans of the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I'm Sean, joined as always by Johnston to give a little bit of an introduction to this particular new podcast, which we're really excited about, which is the George Groves Boxing Club. And how honoured are we, Johnston, to have George Groves' Boxing Club drop onto our feed, that very first episode of his. Every boxer now that's retiring is getting their own podcast. You get to hear the stories behind it. George Groves' boxing club is a club where everyone is invited. It's a place where you can find out everything about the fight game. He's got great guests coming onto his show. He's got new episodes coming out every Wednesday. And it ties in with us so well because George Grove actually featured on our very first Legendary Nights episode when we covered his first fight with Carl Frotch. So how ironic is it that George Groves' Boxing Club first episode is dropping on the BTR Boxing Podcast Network?
1: It is very ironic. Uh, yeah, very first legendary night, George Groves, Carl Frotch, the first fight. And obviously what that did for British boxing was unbelievable. Look, we are fans of George Groves, so it's great to have him doing his own podcast. I mean, when he was seeing him on the other shows, he he talks sense. He breaks down fights well. And it's going to be uh, nice to hear some of those background stories that we are trying to tell on our legendary night. So good luck to George. We wish him all the best. And, you know, he's a fighter that I've seen a few times as well myself. And um, he even sent me a little message back in the day on Twitter when I was on it saying to me... uh, Thanks for coming to me, fight, and I thought that was quite nice of George. So from that point, I thought I followed George. So good to see him on doing his own podcast. And as I say, the irony of it, it was it was that our very first every night was Groves and Frotch. So welcome to the podcast network, George.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to podcasting in general, and thanks for being a part on this first episode of your George Groves Boxing Club on the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. For all our listeners, please enjoy this very first episode and if you want to find more episodes you can do so by typing in george groves boxing club and you will find it on all available podcasting apps enjoy the episode fight fans
2: i lost i lost the fight and i stopped counting do you want
0: me to tell you what your record was so i missed that that's what you miss i
3: do miss a sneaky body shot
2: a sneaky body shot calling out lennox lewis on the podcast I boxed Cole Frotch at Wembley, stayed in front of 80,000 people.
3: How about someone like
2: Tony Bellew? You had me up until right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get on with it. I'm George, he's Deck. Hello, it's the George Groves Boxing Club.
3: George Groves, good to see you again, but what are we doing here?
2: Deck, we're here, we are starting a club, right? This is an amazing club, it's our podcast club. We're going to take this new realm and we're going to deliver some quality content for not just the boxing fans, but the boxing fans and beyond. It's a club and everyone's included. If you're a listener, you are in. We're going to do some fun stuff um, and we're going to give you some stuff that you may have never heard before. Because I want to be able to get guests on who have a particular insight into aspects of boxing and we can go on a deep dive of that knowledge and uh maybe get some hidden gems and get some stuff that i don't know about yet and the wider public as i say can listen and enjoy so what made you start this club i'm actually retired deck oh yeah i'm retired from boxing yeah i was wondering what is the next calling and i think this is it this is it um i've realized for a man who doesn't actually like talking i do an awful lot of talking okay
3: so we've got a club. How many listeners we've got? Let's get into nuts and bolts now. How many listeners we've got so far?
2: Well, right now we've got zero listeners. You know, you don't actually have to box to join this club. It's not that sort of boxing club. It's a listening club. I hear you. <laughs> Pun intended. Did you get that? No, I missed that one. Listening club. <laughs> I said, I hear you.
3: Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the level of comedy I think we should aspire to. So right, right now, speaking of listeners, someone out there is our first listener.
2: Our first real official listener, because uh, take out people yeah. who are essentially working on this Yeah, I mean, on this club. they should be the bloody listener. Well, I mean, we want to grow the show bigger than the five people in the studio today. So have you got a plan? I've got plans. Yeah, go on. I'm working on episodes about sparring. There's episodes about ring walks, about pad work, about footwork, mm. contracts. Lots of things that are part and parcel of... The boxing game. We might talk a little bit about Jeddah. We might talk about Vegas. I've been there. York Hall boxed there. Madison Square Gardens visited it. We'll go through nutrition. Uh, we got it all.
3: That makes more sense to me now. The club is starting to take shape. I think
2: we're gonna we're gonna release an episode a week. We want people. Ooh. We want we, we're gonna be pungy. This is gonna be the best thing that people have ever listened to. The first episode. Then what are we thinking? First episode. We got to me, start big. Me and you are gonna talk about me. Perfect. <laughs> So we're going to start episode one, it's going to be about me, it's going to be about retirement, which should lead nicely on to what happens in retirement, you start a podcast and this is the podcast to listen to.
3: We're here, the doors are open.
2: I officially declare, Deck, the club is open.
3: So George Groves, you retired 2019, do you know, I'll tell you what, let's start with this, do you know what your record was? What your finishing record was and how many knockouts you had.
2: I think my son asked me. he's just my son's five. He just started um, being aware that I boxed. I'm trying to teach him that winning is the is the absolute must. You know, there's we don't celebrate mediocrity. You know, I'm not I'm not the (laughs) maybe not the best parent. And he asked me. I think it wasn't what was your record, but how many fights did you win? And I don't know. <laughs> I lost I lost the fight and I stopped counting. Though. Do you want
3: me to tell you what your record was? Uh, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna go. go, on, have it, it a go. Was, uh,
2: I lost four. And I won twenty eight. Yes. There you go. How many knockouts? Twenty one.
3: Twenty. I've got here. Okay, here's one you definitely <laughs> won't get. How many rounds did you box as a professional?
2: hundred and seventy two.
3: No, two hundred and five. Oh. I tell you one thing. I'll tell you what you probably should have got me on board for this because I did notice something. You mentioned you lost four. Frotch, Frotch, Jack. Smith, all four people with one syllable in their surname. What were you doing going near people with one syllable in their surname? You should have got rid of them straight away. I could have told you that. Anyone could have told you that. You should have stopped boxing people with one t- syllable in their surname. So now when you have a comeback, I yeah. say when, not if. Don't do it. Don't, don't fight
0: Froch,
2: Don't fight Jack. Stay away from him. Mayweather's easy.
3: Easy money for you. Chudinov, who you won your world title against? Not Fury. Joshua. Fury's fine. That's two. <laughs> I always feel like when a boxer retires... It's like a death. or It's the closest thing to death. <laughs> Sorry about it. Just stick with me for a sec. But St. George Groves, that guy who used to run down to the ring listening to Spitfire by Prodigy, he's gone. And you wake up on Monday morning and you're George Groves, the, as you like to put it, the civilian.
2: Living on Civvy Street.
3: Civvy Street like the rest of us. It's
2: awful, isn't it? Jesus, I, you know, I was once uh, a superhero. Mm. Deck, do you know, at the end of my career, I was so tired. I was so tired, Deck. I know the
3: feeling. You don't.
2: <laughs> You're living on Civy Street, mate, where do you get the I was tired and I needed a little rest. And that's the problem I think with these people that come out of retirement is they have that little rest and then they're like, oh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I've still got it.
3: Cause I mean, you always think you had a full house, I always think this. You when you retired, you won a world title. So you achieved your your life ambition. You had money in the bank, I can tell from your motor. And you had all your <laughs> faculties completely. You know, you're, as we can tell, you're totally healthy, safe. Those three things I'd like to think is a, is a full house. Was that why you were so it was so easy for you to, to walk away and to go, right, that's me, done. I've got, I've got all three, I've got the hat-trick.
2: Yeah, I think so. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get into that that situation, as you say, at the, at the full house. In the end, I had to win that world title. I just kept um, falling over at the last hurdle. But then the opportunity came up for it against Fedor Chudinov of Russia, the former world champion, Bramwell Lane in Sheffield, a happy hunting ground for me, somewhere I used to uh, frequently visit as an amateur. Tough place to, to, to live and fight, you know. I Just get on the train at London, at King's Cross or Euston, and it'd be sunny. And as you pulled into Sheffield, thunderstorms would start. It'd be raining, and it was cold and dreary. And you're not in the nice part of Sheffield. that's sort of like happening with the uni town. That you're like out on the outskirts, probably where they used to mine. So that was my that was my my plan. i was like win, lose or draw. I've got to win this tournament. And if I don't, it doesn't matter. This is this is it. Any other fights that come up along the way. They might, they might linger me on that, on that Piccadilly line. I want to get off. So uh, yeah, I had, I had a sort of, I had a bit of an exit strategy. Maybe, maybe not a lot of fighters have that. Maybe most fighters are probably not fortunate enough to be in that situation. But I loved the idea of ten years in and out. So I turned over at 20, 20 years of age, and by thirty, that was going to be me done. I'd love to have gone out on a wind deck. But if I'd won, if I'd beat, um, beaten Callum Smith out in Saudi Arabia in Jeddah, there was a big chunk of change on the table that uh, was hard to walk away from they put a big win bonus involved in there to you know to try and um prize a bit more blood sweat and tears from you they picked jeddah i thought that was interesting we go to saudi arabia jeddah for the cheddar was what i was trying to (laughs) name it
3: rowdy and saudi Uh, rowdy
2: and saudi (laughs) yeah i think we finally got there but yeah i just i was tired then tired and i think i uh, the idea of going back to the well and and trying to renegotiate another fight and trying to um, then sell it and go through with it just felt like something I wasn't keen on, something I wasn't really interested at that point. So I loved I loved the end date and that and that was that. And, yeah, I mean, there was a moment even after winning the semi-final against Eubank, sitting in the ambulance waiting to go to the uh, hospital with a dislocated shoulder, and I say to my wife, well, that's it, that weren't bad, that'll do, that's okay. And she's just like, oh, shut up. I'm like, I'll talk to you in the morning. You're going
3: to change your mind. You always do. <laughs> I remember when you were in Natural Retirement, a lot, by the way, a lot of fanfare around it. I remember when you wrote in Natural Retirement, it was in all the papers, everyone was talking about it. When that was all faded, and you wake up the first morning and you're just George Groves, 30 year old, by the way, and also have ticked the boxes and you've achieved your lifelong ambition, which I dare say most of us, not, barely anyone has done that at the age of 30. A lot of people don't even know what they want to do with their lives by the age of 30, and you've done everything. So what do you do do when you wake up? What's the first thing on the agenda? Bowl of brown flakes or start crying? What do you do? Or (laughs) cry into the brown flakes?
2: (laughs) Bit of both? Yeah, no crying yet. Boxing does this thing where you, you know, and as you go through the stages and you're in these bigger fights and, and it takes a little bit more time to prepare, but then you'll have a bigger rest after. So you have that downtime in between camps. And then I had this really intense camp for the last fight, which was five, six months in the making where it was on-off, it was on-off and then it finally happened and then, well, naturally you'd have a rest after that. And I'm still in that lovely honeymoon rest period four years in waiting for the next camp, the next fight to show up. It's kind of how I think and feel. There's no anxiety about, right, well, I've got to get back, got to get got to get fit, got to get back in the gym. I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm human, I'm a man, look in the mirror, i say, well, i still got it. You know, I, I still got it. Eight weeks off shreds, that's the, that's the rule. I've got to be at least, yeah, so a, a shortened camp to be fight ready. But don't ever actually try and test that theory, because it can, you know you're running the risk of disappointment. Then. But that is more than enough for me. And I, I don't know, I don't know. I t- you know, my next door neighbour Arvim, lovely guy, retired from his job. He retired exactly the same time as I did. And I tried to keep my, you know, I'm not sending out the group message to the to the WhatsApp neighbours, you know, saying, "Oh, you know, right lads, I've retired." But he'd maybe read it in the papers or whatnot. Out of concern, you know, he's reached out to me. He's worried about me at 30 that I'm going to wake up we with all no were. purpose. Yeah. Um, and he's invited me along to a few of stuff that he, you know, he's got his own concerns about retirement. I kind of think we're on different pages a little bit, you know, but I really appreciate the sentiment. Um He said, do we want to go play badminton? And badminton's one of them sports where... You can't just muscle your way through, you know. I'm not going to get past Arvin with Arvin.
3: Arvin will smoke you, mate.
2: And that was the panic. <laughs> that was the anxiety. So I've politely let him down like half a dozen times. I don't know how much longer I can sort of get away with it uh, before confessing that I just can't face the fact that you are going to smoke me at badminton. But you know, there's 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 bike rides, long walks, loads of things that he's really good at now. What walking? Better than me. I'm not a walker, Dick. <laughs> I didn't walk for an awful long time. I'm a runner. You know, I used to run as of a kid. If I had to get somewhere, I ran. And now I don't run, so now I drive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll walk the dog, but I, and I can't, so I can't stand still. You can't walk the walk. <laughs> <laughs> How old are we talking? How old's
3: Arvin? You're 30. You retire on the same, same day as Arvin. How old's Arvin?
2: How old do you retire as a, as, as a man now? Just in case I don't do many... I think he's 65. It might be 65. Be may, maybe, a, maybe a little bit older. He looks like someone who would take the later retirement if possible. Legend. You know, because he loves... you know he's, he's like a go, you. He's a go-getter. No, the opposite of me. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I'm in and out early. <laughs> I, I don't do overtime, Dick.
3: I wanted to ask you as well, no offence or anything, but you were boxing at 12 stone. And I know at the time it was hard for you to... I mean, it's hard for all boxers. It should be hard for you to make 12 stone. How did it feel, knowing that you'll probably never... Not probably. You'll never weigh 12 stone (laughs) again. (laughs) You will never weigh 12 stone again in your life.
2: People... Even people say, I've got no regrets. It's like, you've got regrets, right? There must be something. What's your one? I bought myself... I treated myself, (laughs) right? To a really expensive Tom Ford suit. only Off the rack... For the final press conference out in Jeddah, knowing that I was retiring and knowing that I was never going to fit in it ever again, <laughs> I thought it might be an incentive to stay in reasonable shape. I thought maybe I could get it, you know, let out a little bit, and I have had it let out a little bit. Still no good. And it's still no good. It's never going to fit me ever again. Been in the gym a little bit. Uh, I've had my uh, biomass measured or whatever they do
3: dangerous know. business that yeah Stay clear and, that, and i
2: mean my, my skeletal muscle is above the above the 12 stone limit i'm never going to make 12 stone ever again no and it's fun until um someone told me that very bluntly a year or two ago and it, it only just dawned on me then because uh i was like yeah sure i might still have it i, might, I can still throw a punch still do this but 12 making that 12 stone limit is not going to happen mm.
3: when you retire you got nothing in the distance, so do you just go like that breaks you off forever? And then with that in mind, how easy is it to just get totally overweight very quickly?
2: I think it must be. I mean,
3: again, no offence intended.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just from looking at you right now, <laughs> <laughs> you will get you'll go on TV and you'll do you'll do a, a spot for Sky, and then you know, cause of cause cause of my history with Cole Frotch, they'll put me next to Frotch and. He hasn't.
3: He still. He could do twelve stone already. He's reckon. still
2: twelve stone. Like <laughs> yeah. I think he has to eat up into that division. You know, he looks like. You know, I think he's just the rage that that flows within him <laughs> burns up calories, and uh, and it's not fair because I'm standing next to him, like, and the camera definitely adds ten pounds, and Frotch adds another ten pounds, and then, you know, I'm getting fat shamed on uh, on Twitter, uh, which. And I'm looking in the mirror going, Jesus, like, I'm, I'm eight weeks off shreds. Why, <laughs> why am I getting through? Man? Then people will come to your rescue on Twitter. And that's even worse. Oh, no. You know, it's <laughs> like, leave him alone. <laughs> Let him eat his pies. He's done his hard work.
3: I think, I think the, question, the, the burning question here is, what sort of weight do you reckon Arvin's at at the moment? What
2: weight is Arvin doing? Yeah,
3: what, what do you reckon he's weighing in at?
2: I've got a lumpy size of on Have Arvin. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Height and reach and a little bit more as well. I mean, he's, 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 he's lean.
3: You've got to get Arvin on some scales. You've got to weigh him. Because I'm picturing a sort of rangy, southpaw, welterweight, sort of counter-puncher, who's amazing at badminton. So I think you've got to get him on some scales like now. We need to sort this out. Because if there's a lot of difference, maybe we need to keep you apart. But I feel like there's a catchweight situation. So do you reckon you could get him on the scales? I'll get,
2: I'll get him on the scales. Yeah, I'll get him on the scales. I'll uh, I'll just get. I'll knock on his door. <laughs> I've got scales indoors. I'll just give him a quick knock. He's always there or thereabouts. Yeah, he's got uh, nothing to do, has he? Well, <laughs> I mean, if he's out on a walk, I'm not chasing him down. I'll never catch him. He walks miles and miles and miles. He's the fittest man, I know. So, um, but I'll get him, I'll get him on the scales. No bother.
3: Has he, have you ever seen him doing those walks in a sweatsuit? Full, full, like, towel around the head, all that sort of stuff? I haven't. Like Cuban style?
2: But I don't think he needs it. Oh, they're that's, the dangerous ones. Yeah. I mean, as soon, as soon as you said Southport, I could see it in my mind. <laughs> and anxiety anxiety hit right in straight away I was thinking oh rangy Southport he's, he, he, yeah but then straight away visualised that on the badminton court as well and I ain't got the knees hurt. they no. squeak now I think he and knows it and they, yeah
3: he's heard that okay I'll ask you a bit more about those knees in a sec but we'll have a quick break first Well, you talk about your knees creaking. What sort of things are you actually getting up to these days when you haven't got a camp, when you haven't got a fight? What does what George Groves' day look
2: like? Well, that's the question. I mean, I do the school run, which is fun. But you don't run it? No, I don't run it. No, not anymore. I have to have this conversation every day with, with the parents. I drop off. I made some friends, you know. lad started school a couple of years ago now. So, And that's the hardest thing is, what are you doing today? And I just lean in and go, Nothing. Like, and these are, some of these people there, you know, they got, they got very important jobs. They got a rush off. I mean, they're not always there for the school run. They're either on work or a conference call or a meeting. And it's tough. It is tough for me to rack my brain and come up with stuff to answer them with what I'm doing. I mean, I, I and this is like something, the podcast here is something I'm really excited about, but I'm going to tell no one in case it's shit. <laughs> but if it's really good, then I can say, well, I'm podcasting a podcast now, actually. I'm a podcaster, yeah. Yeah. Few things that have been on the back burner deck. I know one. Connor.
3: I remember vividly you wrote or started to write a sitcom. Remember that? Well, obviously you do because you wrote it. Tell us about that. I remember I'm still waiting for it. We're all still waiting for it to drop. Now you've got no excuse. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I, I lost the hard drive for that one. Oh, um, no. the, the sitcom, it was, it was. I mean, it was a masterpiece. I need to find that. I mean, there's probably a couple of bitcoins on that fucking hard drive. Really? As well. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, if it was, <laughs> I would be trying to find it. Uh, it was, it was like Entour Do you remember entourage? I remember entourage. Yeah. It was entourage meets in between us wow. of the boxing world. Mm. So, um, and I was with the Haymaker. David Hay was the was the face, and then it was the, all the guys inside the stable and the moving cogs. And lots of funny shit would go on day to day. I can imagine. And I realised that this is like entourage meets in between us. <laughs> There's some gold in here. And I started not noting a few bits down. Might
3: might revisit it. What are you missing, though? Because you mentioned David Hayes' gym there, for instance. You know, your life was totally different a few years ago. What do you miss most? What does everyone miss most, do you think?
2: Some people miss the camaraderie of the gym when I was at the end we was in Shane McGuigan's gym we would describe that camaraderie as shit chat yeah um, lots was, of it there was lots of shit chat around um and uh, that's why he
3: started a podcast
2: yeah <laughs> the sort of the training diet getting into shape getting punched in the face that sort of stuff you can kind of leave it leave at the door um but punching people in the face was always a lot of fun and I don't do that a lot now one because people it's it's it's, It's illegal it's illegal yeah Mm. it is illegal and two no one wants to pay me for it so Mm. um you know you you get spoiled like that
3: what about the buzz i can only imagine or to be honest i can't imagine that buzz like like you said bramwell lane outdoors fedor tudinov ref waves it off all your wildest dreams realized got the belt wba champion what about that that buzz is gone
2: yeah that buzz is gone but um, also sometimes there's a, there's quite a bit of stress, and then there's quite a bit of actual relief, you know, when that fight is over. So so Lane winning the belt, fourth attempt after jubilant derailments up until that <laughs> point, it's 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 a it's, a, it's an amazing feeling, sort of, but of sheer relief, you know. I had been two mega fights uh, against against a Brit in in the UK against Frotch, but I lost both. <laughs> <laughs> One, I was rendered unconscious as as he so eloquently describes it, staring up at the stars in Wembley. When I when I when I get the homecoming I beat a, a, a lovely young man named Chris Eubank Junior, defence of my world title belt, when people probably had me as a as an outsider, an underdog for that night, I dislocated my shoulder so uh yeah i was trying to do a, a lap of honor with with one arm up rather yeah, than that's two. a mad one i remember that it sucks the fun out of it i don't know if anyone else dislocated their shoulder it does it sucks the fun out of the room really real quick as well
3: i don't reckon you're totally done yet maybe because i remember when you retired let's not forget you turned your back on potentially millions of pounds in one potential rematch against james the girl someone you've beaten twice already and you said no so we need to start now thinking about what it's going to take to get you back.
2: Make me an offer. I'm
3: thinking, well, let's write off Saudi, don't fancy that. Nah. You tick Wembley, Wembley Stadium already. Done it. Done it, didn't quite enjoy it. Stanford Bridge, never happened. Smaller. Smaller, but it's your home. It's your home. Bit more. Bit more. What about Vegas, the new stadium in Vegas? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Let's go new stadium in Vegas, go 10 million quid. 50% of the UK TV, 50% of the US pay-per-view. <laughs> At light-heavy, so, so you ain't got to make... You add
2: you had me up until
3: light-heavy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cruiser, but it means you've got to fight some big 200-pound beast. So look, work with me I'll here. fight anyone. Okay. Like... <laughs> if Arvin's cruiserweight, what do you reckon? to put him away
2: for Arvin at Cruiser okay um, I don't fancy your chances mate no I mean no. Nah, you nah, did Las Vegas kick,
3: kick. you did Las Vegas didn't you MSG okay right. think yeah, about that, that the Mecca though, Yeah. the Mecca again you can choose your weight we'll say 10 million 50% of the UK and the US you can pit your opponent as well within reason we can discuss that and you've got 12 weeks yeah yeah we're back in the room we're back in business we're back in the room um, okay You need to stump up 10 million quid from somewhere this, people better listen to this podcast. Don't know what we're going to pay the opponent yet, so they could be terrible. I was looking at your record, the geezer you beat on your debut, I think Kamil Pasonko, something like that. I think it's time for a rematch. Pison- and I have no idea what he weighs.
2: Kirill Pesonko is a, um, I think he's from Latvia. Or he li- was, Latvia, yeah. Latvia, yeah. And uh, I used to have a regular sparring partner called Sergei, who's very good friends with Kirill Pesonko. And he would show me pictures and, and videos of Kirill, who not just boxed. But did very impressive street dance. Really? Yeah. So we he could make it into some sort of like tournament format where it's not just boxing we're competing in. I don't know what other talents he has I and mean, big final could be Badminton. Cookery. I've already got a no, coach not for badminton. it. I've already got a coach for it. Stick it, yeah, it's true. This 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 could this this could be it. It could be it. Ten million quid though, I mean if
3: we took, if we're watering it down, I might have to knock a couple <laughs> couple off. But I still decent money. He'll want some as well. Maybe we should get him in as well. Let's get Posonko in. He might still be fighting.
2: I haven't checked his box track lately.
3: I mean, you paint a good picture of retirement, to be honest. But there must have been there must have been a bit of difficulty there. There must have been a dark time. What do you reckon for you? What was the hardest bit? The hardest bit about retirement?
2: Essentially, you've lost your identity to a certain degree. You know, you are a boxer. You know, I've been a boxer in my mind since I was 10 years of age. And then introducing yourself as as a professional boxer is is who you are. And now you're in a, a different world, in that civvy world where. You expect to be at that level that you're at in boxing in the next field that you choose to be in, uh, and you're not. You realise that, you know, it's going to take some work and some effort, and that's kind of why you feel packed in boxing, is because you don't really want to do anything strenuous for the foreseeable future.
3: Do you feel like people treat you differently, speak to you differently? Maybe people who were friends or you thought were friends or were part of the journey, but now you're sort of... That journey's over, that's interaction's changed at all.
2: Yeah, no, I think they do. I think... Um, yeah, and, you, and boxing moves on real quick, you know, real, real quick. I'll be at a show now, and then uh, a dad will come up with his teenage son and say, we're big fans of you. We remember this fight, that fight. And then he'll go, David, David, come here. Because the kid's name's David. And then he'll say, right, look, it's George, and he's like, yeah. And then he's like, George, George Groves, Wembley. And he's like, yeah. I was like, hi David. How how old are you? He's like, I'm fourteen. I think oh, He ain't got He was show. eight then. He was eight if that he was younger. So I said, Come, on, let's have a photo. Yeah. So we have the photo and like, that's another oh, satisfied customer. Mm. Not everyone will gravitate towards me at a boxing show. I mean that's where obviously we'll get recognized most because there's a lot of boxing fans, but there'll be some because you know, I haven't been on Instagram that week that uh, <laughs> I'm I'm ignored. All them all them fights, all them big nights, all them world title wins. Yeah, boxing moves on, moves on real quick. Who who stands out to you as, I'm really glad they retired then, or if they talk about, I'm coming back out of retirement, is there anyone you thought, yeah, no, that makes sense, or have you shot at, a, I don't think that's the right decision?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's been a few, are not there, because you've got to think about age-wise, like I said with you, that you always think before 40, you probably still got a chance of hanging in there and going again. I remember being at the Ricky Hatton when he boxed, Senchenko. Remember that when he came back? And that for him was one of them where he'd obviously got knocked out badly by Manny Pacquiao. So he felt totally unfulfilled. He couldn't walk away from that. So he was like, I need to go again. And he went again and he got all the weight off. He ended up getting stopped. I can't don't body shot, I remember it. It was you know, it was a big fanfare, bigger not big night in Manchester full. and then he gets hit by his body shot. Ironically a body shot who Ricky Atten was putting everyone away with them in his career, then he ends up doing it, whole place goes silent. Afterwards in the presser, he felt, it seemed like he was, he was content. He, he lost, he'd got stopped in Manchester, but he was like, that's fine, I can do that. I can't do the Manny Pacquiao defeat. What happens mainly is people keep going on longer. They keep going on for too long, don't they? And you can, you can see it. Like Roy Jones Jr., one of my favourite fighters ever, I feel like if he'd retired against John Ruiz when he won the World Heavyweight title, if he'd retired that night in the press conference, we might be talking about him as the greatest ever like certainly top three five. But because he didn't and he's still going and he's getting knocked out in Russia and all this sort of stuff, it just tarnished that legacy a little bit. And now, of still great, his achievement up to Ruiz has not changed in any way, but it's sort of tarnished it a bit. And I think it's impossible to avoid that. And that's why when, you, when I see you and you think you'd retired at 30 and you have done it, to be honest, I remember thinking,
2: he'll come back. Well, never say never, Beck. <laughs> I'm waiting for that contract to show up from you. And talking about the dad and the son who want to talk to me and, and have a, you know, the dad remembers Wembley Stadium. But if I come out of retirement now, the son ain't going to know about that. He's going to be thinking about this version of myself. And maybe it's not quite as good as, as, as it once was or it's a different sort of setup. There is that nostalgia if your favourite fighter decided to come out of retirement and to have a move around, you know, is it like going and seeing the Rolling Stones now? You know, they're not as good as they used to be, mm. but it's still going to have a great night. I
3: look at Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, that sold well on pay-per-view, that, and that was a spa, basically. That's not even a proper fight. So, like, yeah, I think it is a bit of that, that nostalgic feeling. But then the funny thing is, is that it can go too far. Like what you said with the, the guy and his son, are there enough people who remember you, not you, But remember the boxer who's coming back. Are there enough people to make it worthwhile? Because there's probably nothing sadder than a comeback that's not worthwhile commercially, financially, but also doesn't doesn't tick the box for them. Because then they're still just going through it all, maybe end up losing, putting themselves in harm's way, and nobody cares. That's got to be the saddest thing.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, when no one cares, and um, no
3: one cares, because that's really what boxing's about, isn't it? People caring enough to watch you have a fight.
2: I boxed Cole Froch at Wembley Stadium in front of eighty thousand people, and I um, lost. And then we went back the next fight, and we went back to Wembley Arena. I was there. Uh, it's not quite as big as the stadium, eight thousand people capacity, and we struggled to sell tickets. Really, and it was yeah. And you're like, I oh, was there three was three that months Luisa ago. Louisa
3: or a brass. Robras, Christophe
2: Robras, European title, final eliminated for WBC world title, world ranked number three, Um, fall from grace deck, oh it's tough mate, it was tough, but that, you know, so I suppose I'm fortunate enough to have uh, experienced a few of these things along my way that will correct me along the way, I've got an idea for you deck, i sitting on this one, another one in the the old think bank, go on then, prize fighter legends,
3: oh what weight, Anyway. Okay, we'll just assume everyone's about 15 stone.
2: Yeah. Okay. Right. And then anyone who's kept themselves in shape, yeah.
3: who goes in it? Right, we need eight. We'll get Mike Tyson in because he's, look at him, I mean, he's still flying.
2: I've got to be honest, I'm trying to keep costs down keep a little bit. Keep costs down, Yeah, the cost down. not cheap. Yeah, we, we, it needs to, it needs to in, enough big names to sell out Wembley. We'll sacrifice a bit of cheddar. Would they? i I'm, I'm. see if the mic can pick it up.
3: Yeah, no, that little bunch. A bit of bunch. A bit of bunch, okay. okay. I reckon we'll get Joe Calzaghi in. Ricky Hatton's having a comeback already. Lennox, get him in, I guarantee he'd be up for it. We'll get you and James in, you and James to go. Me and James will go in. Yeah, Yeah, because everyone will be hoping for that as the final. Get, actually, Frotch won't because of his nose, will he?
2: No, Frotch is... I mean, Frotch Is that for it? Froch will go in, yeah. Okay,
3: so we've got one space. Uh, how about someone like Tony Bellew?
2: But I, know, I, thought, I was thinking yeah, Bellew. Yeah, you're thinking Bellew.
3: him. I'm thinking then, with all that in mind, weight-wise, I'm thinking it's either got to be Andre Ward or it has to be Mikael Kessler. Yeah, Andre Ward just about make a doc about his life so he'd probably be up for it for the publicity although right. if he loses in the first round it's going to kill the sales isn't
2: it but Ward probably won't lose he won't lose will he he'll win it he'll, he will just like and the he's supersons. the only one who's not British yeah
3: he'll do, ah, and he'll talk about it for ages won't he? Yeah. I'll tell you what stick him in who are you picking quarter final this is interesting actually because you like you're giving weight away to some people you don't want to kill the Gale final chance I'm sure you love Ricky Hatton but he is smaller than you so who are you going?
2: Yeah, Ricky. Ricky's probably the smallest in there. Yeah, I'll, I'll be able to keep him at range for three rounds, I reckon. Yeah, but he's a body snatcher. I don't want that heat. Joe
3: Kazagi is obviously the the legend, and but he I throws was... four hundred punches around. Yeah, I
2: don't know how I can beat someone over three rounds if they're going to throw that many punches. Yeah, Lennox is a slow star. <laughs> he's a big puncher. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so calling out Lennox Lewis on Lennox... the podcast. I'll go De Gale. So you're going to go James De Gale in the quarterfinal.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. De Gale, I think, because I I know him. I, 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 it's, yeah, you, it's enough. You know, you, know. And it, you you know, you don't you ain't got really much time to warm in this, so and we're going to do free frees. Are we talking all on the same night, no- like the a prize fight? Can you imagine <laughs> the same night?
3: Yeah. So Groves De Gale one quarter final. I think we have to go Lennox, and just to be just to be serious, we're probably going to have to put him in with Tony Bellew. So we say Andre Ward against who was the other one, Joe Calzaghe. That's always the yeah. That's that's always the, and that gets
2: rid of one of them which get, is get great rid of,
3: and that's always the p- one that people talk about Kauzagi great but Ward could neutralise
2: on the other side of the draw for me that,
3: yeah. yeah he is well yeah. we'll talk about that in a sec on the, and then the last one that means we've got Hatton against who was the last one Froch Froch yeah Hatton Froch okay nice. I mean who are we picking there Let's go straight for Hatton. I'm going Hatton. Are you? Hatton's in the gym. Okay, so okay, who's gonna win out of George Groves and James DeGale?
2: uh I'll, I'll win that one. You're
3: two nil up, so you can hat trick three 0 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well the bad news is <laughs> you're fighting the winner of Lennox Lewis against Tony Bellew. I mean, you probably would you are you picking Len, Lennox long in the tooth, but he is maybe the greatest British heavyweight. Well, the greatest British heavyweight of all time. But can he beat a younger, fresher Tony Bellew?
2: I'm gonna let you make
3: that call, cool Deck. I'm, I'm gonna say Lennox's gonna. Yeah, let's go, Lennox. Yeah. Lennox. Lennox's gonna, he's gonna nick it. Okay, so we've got two very good semi-finals here.
2: Yeah, Battle of the Jabs. What do we in say, Ward Kausagi though? I'm gonna go Ward.
3: Or what are his hands up to? I think, okay. I think
2: he just, talked just, he talk, he talk Okay,
3: well we got, got George Groves against Lennox Lewis in the first semi-final, semi-final one. Now bear in mind, you've done three threes based on your previous two fights against James McGill, It's gonna go the distance. And you're gonna to have to work for it.
2: I've got, I've got I've got to have at least twenty years on Lewis, and I. Yeah. Has he woke up like as in physically livened up a bit? and well, now he's done the first three. three maybe rounds? did in
3: the quarter. Yeah, just shook it off a little bit.
2: Also, is he thinking? There's been no weighing. This is just Oof. open weighing. So is he thinking super middleweight? Oh, no and underestimating problem. 103 kilos right hand coming out. He's him. underestimating that whippy body shot as well. I reckon Lewis edges me out. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I reckon just edges. Only On Only edges points. me out of points, yeah. Points, what, like split decision? Yeah. Over three? Oh, I think. Okay, so I we, don't think he throws a right hand till the third round. Yeah, that's true. And th- I, th- I don't think it lands. I what? think by then I'm already curled up in a ball. Yeah, you've had board. enough. All yeah.
3: right, well then the other semi, I think it's easier one to pick. You've got fresh Andre Ward who only fought about two years ago. Not to be fair, Ricky Atten's back in the gym though. So against Ricky Atten, how's he getting on against Andre Ward, the the neutralizer? Yeah, I think I think he I think he probably gets neutralized. To yeah. be honest, gets points. So then we got a final of Lennox Lewis against Andre Ward. See now
2: now now Lennox is awake.
3: Yeah, he he's is, up. He's up final. for it. He knows. Ward. But is he knackered?
2: I don't think I took it out of him. To be honest, <laughs> tried to sneak the first. Gave away the second yeah. and then tried to bum rush the third. You know, I, I screamed blue murder. Like uh, It was a dodgy, dodgy <laughs> decision. Um, Shoulder gone. Shoulders gone. <laughs> shoulders gone. The, 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 left, the left arm fatigues real quick now. Yeah. And I, and it was a battle of the jabs between me and Lewis. And he's
3: got about six feet on you.
2: A, l- a little bit of a height and reach. <laughs>
3: Andre Ward probably a bit of jet lag as well by then. Because he probably only flew in on Thursday because he sort of thought, take the piss here. We're doing this at Wembley, not I not, you, Wembley. not your call. No, No, it has to be your call. York call. has to be York Hall in front of what, twelve hundred? Yep. Yeah. And he's got no backing, by the way. Ward, he's getting booed and people are in there for Lennox at this by this point. Lennox Lewis is Lennox Lewis, to be fair. Probably people put the pie down and have a look at that. But I mean you hope that there's a few hundred people in the York call to watch Lennox Lewis get. It's only Ward.
2: only who only people left are the ones who backed Lewis yeah. before it started. Yeah. So how many of them are left? If it ain't great odds and Ward's how many of them are getting, left? I'm
3: sorry, Ward's not getting much much love in York Hall. And I must say, if you look back at prize fighters, Audley Harrison won, I think, three. So we're talking about big, long, heavyweights, good jab. Go on then, I'll go with that. Lennox Lewis is the winner. Yeah. I feel a bit bad for Carl Froch. You barely got a mention there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> And then you could be in the ring at the end, you know, with a postcode lottery check. Yeah, yeah there the you go. big one. For Lennox, there you go. How much?
3: Whatever we take on the bar. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if Ward could do comms as well at night to save yeah. a few bit of money in between the fights... And Bellew. And Bely. Because
3: Belly's going out in the semi, so he could right in the quarters actually, so we could do the rest of it. I don't think we'll have a problem with it. You you eight, you're already in. And that was as much like in the super series. Once they heard you were in with the belt, they were like everyone started falling in line. So I think well I think we're in business. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so George, club's open. I feel like that is enough to get you subscribed. And if you haven't already, make sure you do.
2: And it will get better, Deck. I will make you that personal promise now. You're in the club. The club's going to get better. The show's going to get better week on week on week. And if you want
3: another podcast to listen to, check out The Joe Marler Show. As I'm sure you're aware, Joe is an England rugby player, but his podcast is not about rugby. Instead, he's meeting ordinary folk. He's meeting bouncers, magicians, cheesemongers, prison guards. You name it, he's meeting them. And i ask asking all about the jobs they do. And if you want one episode to start on, search for The Joe Marler Show and look for the one about drug trafficking. It will blow your mind
2: perfect deck we are back next Wednesday and who have we got
3: we have got maybe the biggest and most successful boxing trainer in this country at the moment we're pulling out all the stops we've got Shane McGuigan
2: my old coach mm. we're getting Shane on to talk about pads I love talking about pads I love pads I'd love, love doing pads with Shane McGuigan he loves taking people on pads uh, it's going to be insightful and fascinating and I'm going to make him laugh because I am Hilarious. So have we got a feature in mind for Shane already? Of course I do. How many? I've got lots. I'm not gonna give them away yet. You're gonna have to listen to next week's show to hear it. What a feature. Can't wait. We'll see you next week.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club.
2: Computer solitaire,
0: huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com
2: No purchases. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.